We've got some fresh new young talent doing some things that I know you haven't heard before. One, two, three, listen. You gotta have a like the why, and we know our why. So you don't need to reinvent the wheel. Yeah. Millions and millions of people have done this already. You can get help, you can get a roadmap, you can save a lot of time, money, and frustration. <laughs> Welcome to the Value Add Podcast with K&K. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Value Add Podcast with K&K. You just got me today, so um, we got the bright idea for me to do a solo podcast while Kenny is out of town. So today I want to talk about something that's very personal to me, and that is being a woman in a male-dominated industry. So, um, you know, there's a lot of women in residential real estate or, you know, lending. There's a lot of female loan officers, but there's not too many women in commercial real estate in general. Um, not too many female brokers or um, mortgage brokers like me. So I think that over the years, I've probably heard of a couple. So I just kind of wanted to go through how I got started and some of the challenges I've been facing. If you've ever wondered what it's like to be a woman in this industry, and also if you're thinking about getting into this business, you might want to listen in. So, I got started in commercial real estate pretty young. I got started when I was 19. Um, I've been living on my own since I was 17, actually. So, just quick detour. My family, you know, my mom wasn't in a great relationship. It wasn't a good situation for me. So, I decided to move out when I was 17 years old. So that pretty much meant that I had to figure out how to make money and how to get by at a very early age. My parents also didn't have money to help me out. So I never got any financial help and I knew it wasn't even an option. So I just had to figure it out. Um, so my mom was working, um, for Washington Mutual. She was an account rep for, um, like a wholesale lender. So, um, I had wanted her to refer me, but I wasn't quite responsible enough, apparently, for her to refer me. Um, so it took a little bit of coercing. I saw that my mom was making good money. I was like, I need to figure this out. So uh, she referred me to one of her brokers, and I decided to become a residential loan officer right off the bat. So my main motivation for getting in this business was basically to make money. Um, I had to support myself, but I have also always been a person who wants to be able to do what I want to do when I want to do it, regardless of budget or, you know, finances or things like that. So my goal was always make a lot of money and how can I do that as quickly as possible? Uh, so it was basically doing loans, uh, for me. So I saw that opportunity. Um, obviously it was really hard because I was 19 years old. I couldn't even, you know, have a drink or, you know, go to a bar and I didn't really know what I was doing. In fact, I really, I had no clue what I was doing. So I did what my boss at the time had told me. Um, I just started telling everyone what I did and, uh, hoping that that was going to yield me some business. So, um, I did always want to get into commercial when I thought about, Hey, I can do residential loans for now, but I always thought it'd be cool to get into commercial. At that point, it was just like, I had these grand ideas of like these business people and being like this, you know, badass businesswoman in like a business suit negotiating and going to meetings and stuff. I know that sounds silly, but that was really my vision at the time and, and what I really wanted. So, um, yeah, I started telling everybody what I did and I eventually ran into at the gym 
um, a guy who was a real estate investor and he took a chance on me and gave me the opportunity to do a commercial loan and it sort of just spiraled from there. That was 2003. So um, the market was also on the upswing, which was a huge benefit to me. It was just easier to get business at that time. So I built that relationship and uh, got a lot of referrals through that because he had a lot of partners and friends that were in real estate and he would refer them to me and I just basically got to do a bunch of loans for him, his partners, his partner's partners, um, and all of that. So it pretty much just kind of snowballed pretty quickly. And um, yeah, that's pretty much how I got started. It was pretty much that from there. So what happened is I actually, uh, after I met him, he said, why are you working for this company doing residential? And um, I didn't really know. That was that was all I knew at the, at the time. So he said, why don't you, you know, I've got my broker's license. Why don't you just quit that job, come under me, just pay me a small, you know, fee to be under my license and this is your business. So just go run it. So I had no cash at the time because I wasn't closing loans. So, um, he lent me $4,000 and I got a laptop and I got a printer scanner fax and I shared a cubicle with someone in in a real estate office. Um, he didn't work in the office too often. So thankfully it was a very small cubicle. Um, and that's really how I got started. It was super scary because I remember, uh, before he gave me the loan, I had like, you know, less than a hundred dollars in my bank account and I wasn't sure how I was going to pay rent the next month. I had just kind of taken this leap of faith, but, um, it all worked out. And I think that was a huge learning lesson too, for me, is just like doing things that you're not comfortable with, uh, can definitely take you to a place. I mean, you could fail, but you could also become really successful and learn a lot about yourself. So since that day, I have uh, been working for myself and I've never had a paycheck. Um, so I don't really know about paychecks and, you know, vacation days and sick days and all that fun stuff. But, um, so there are definitely obviously like a lot of challenges being a woman in this business. Uh, I think one of the primary things, uh, well, first off early on when I was 19, let's be real. There was a lot of, you know, very inappropriate things that happened, um, with me, with clients. Again, it is a male dominated industry. Uh, most of the people in this business, even, uh, people who are real estate investors are primarily men. So when men see a 19 year old girl who doesn't have a lot of experience and who's probably very naive, just wants to be successful. Uh, there definitely are a lot of very inappropriate things that are said and propositions that are made and stuff like that. So it's definitely something that as a woman, uh, being in a man's a world, I would hope that it's getting better these days, but you know, we're human and people do things and think that they can get away with things, um, or seize opportunities where they see them. Um, so as a young woman starting out, I would say to be very prepared for that, especially given the fact that I was young. So, um, I was in a position where I wanted to look cute and feel cute. And I started going out with friends and, you know, networking, which was like going out and having drinks and it just sort of snowballs into there. Um, so that was like a really big thing that I had to deal with. And it's, it's hard because, um, you know, when you're working for yourself, first off, I'm never a person to play a, you know, a victim. Definitely. I know people have been sexually harassed and have been hurt. And that is why they kind of pursue, you know, to like, maybe they might sue someone for that or whatnot. I am not a person who does that. It's just not me. I feel like I want to focus my energies on positive things. And if that's a situation I don't like, 
I get myself out of that situation and I move on um, and try to work with people who are more aligned with what I want and the kind of lifestyle that I'm trying to create. Um, it's definitely not as much of an issue today as it was when I was young. Um, but there was a ton of that that happened. And I feel like, um, when I was young, they treated me like I was, you know, young and naive and I was. So, um, that was really a big thing. Um, also my age, uh, being young in that industry and in this industry is very, uh, tough because you don't have experience to play off of. Uh, you basically have to try and work with people and create that experience through building relationships and people who are willing to take a chance on you. So, um, that was definitely something to overcome. I always felt sad. I used to tease that I was, I couldn't wait until I had gray hair. I wasn't going to dye it. So that way people would know that, that I was older. So I definitely have some gray hair now more than I want, but um, so the other thing that I think I deal with on a constant basis, um, today, uh, and when I was young is that a lot of men tend to think that women are weaker, um, that we are soft, that we are pushovers, that we can't negotiate as well as a man. Um, and you know, to a lot of, to a large degree, I agree that there are certain positions that men may be more well suited for than women. Um, for example, I'm not a real estate broker. I don't, I'm not a person who wants to pick up the phone and cold call. I'm not going to be super aggressive and pursue you. It's just not who I am. It's not something that I do, but, um, in my business as a mortgage broker, our business is really based on relationships. And what I can say is that when we're trying to negotiate the best loans for our clients, it really comes down to analyzing the deal properly. But then it also comes down to um, knowing your bankers and underwriters and processors, understanding how they think, um, not being too salesy. Because if you're working with an underwriter or a banker whose job it is to protect the bank and who has a more conservative approach, you know, that real like salesy, aggressive approach is off-putting and also, um, I would say an alarm, cause for alarm. So, uh, being a female in lending, I think is, a, is very complimentary because we are more, um, at least for me, I'm definitely more patient. I do the work to go through it. Um, I utilize the relationship and I can see both sides. I don't try to push too aggressively to the point where they think I'm biased um, because I know that that could hurt our client and our chances of getting something approved. Um, so that kind of bulldog approach or that salesy approach doesn't work in my business as far as getting the best loans and rates and things like that. So um, but that is a big thing to overcome. I have definitely known, um, obviously Mitch is my partner in the office. I have a male <laughs> partner. Um, he brings that energy, um, and he kind of works with a lender. So sometimes I have clients who prefer to work more with Mitch and I have other clients who prefer to work more with me and we kind of take both sides of that. But that is definitely something that you will deal with in any industry, but definitely one that is primarily dominated by men is that they're going to think that women are weak or they might prefer to work with other guys who you know, go out and drink with them or go out and, and do all the guy things. Um, that's not my style and my approach. So I tend to attract people and I've learned over the years not to let that bother me too much. Um, I'm still human, but, um, 
that is something as a woman that you kind of have to find your tribe. You have to find the people that understand where you're coming from and the way that you work and what your values are. And, um, they need to kind of be in alignment with that. So, um, those are some of the challenges. Now, the other thing that I talk about with people, I think some of the, the biggest hurdles people have to overcome when they either want to get into real estate or they want to start investing is this thought of a not making money and b losing money. So, uh, when I was young, I bought my first condo, I think when I was 23. Um, and then I sold it right. Like as the downturn was starting to happen, I lost my entire down payment. That was like a hundred grand, which at the time for me, that was a lot. And that's a lot of money to lose. Like coming from a girl who started out with less than a hundred dollars in her bank account to lose a hundred thousand dollars is a painful thing. Um, and then, you know, also during that time I had invested in construction project, lost all that money. So, I mean, there was definitely, it was a huge learning curve. I will say that you kind of can't be too scared to lose things. You don't want to make stupid decisions, but you also want to make sure that, you know, you're willing to take risks that could potentially get you to places. Um, the one thing that I can say is during that time, the other partners that lost money in the construction project, they were so upset. Um, I talked to a lot of them and they were, you know, like, Crystal, how could you be so level-headed about this? And I thought, well, you know, I made the decision to invest in this. So I, I have to take that responsibility. Um, I can't blame anybody else for that. And it also just helped me mentally that every deal I go into, I have to know that it was my decision. Um, somebody may have tried to persuade me into it, but at the end of the day, I had to make that decision and I have to be responsible for it. So, um, that's one of the things that helps me to be positive when I lost and also just to like identify what was it that I could have done better how could I have changed the outcome? What will I be doing next time? Um, so it was also a huge learning experience. So I consider those losses uh, more of a, a really, really expensive education um, than a real loss. <laughs> and that's the way to look at it um, in order to kind of get over that fear because you're going to fail. And sometimes the failure is equivalent to losing a client. Sometimes it's equivalent to losing money. Sometimes it's equivalent to losing, you know, sleep. You know, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of things that you can lose in failing, but I don't really consider them failures. I consider them learning opportunities. And um, if you're in real estate, you're going to have a lot of those. Um, how have I been successful? I think um, I touched on it a little bit with the challenges, but being successful in business, I think in general, whether it's real estate or anything else is about relationships as much as technology is playing a role today. Um, definitely technology is important, but there's this human aspect that you just can't, you can't deny and you can't get rid of. So I will say, um, I mentioned, I am not a person who's going to cold call. It just isn't true to who I am. I've never really done it successfully. I've probably made a handful of cold calls in my life. Um, and they didn't go very well. <laughs> um, but, uh, and it's also just not a feeling, uh, I like, it's not the way that I am. So, um, it hasn't worked for me, but if you can build relationships with the people that you come in contact with, um, that is what will take you to where you need to be. You really have to put yourself out there and build the relationships and do the work. Sometimes that building a relationship means working for free, going above and beyond what they even wanted you to do. Um, 
So I think it's the hard work and the relationships. Uh, I am definitely more of a person who wants to work hard in the office. I'm very much down to business. I don't really like to um, do the networking and the drinks and the going out. It just doesn't align with my values. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but um, especially now with two kids, um, when I'm not at the office working and you know doing what I've committed to doing for my clients, I am at home with my family. I am at the gym working out. I'm like, those are the things that I do in my free time. Um, so I'm just a person that wants to come in the office, get it done and, uh, work hard and get the best results. Um, so I think that's worked out favorably for me. Um, even though I know that there are other people who make a really good living by being super social, um, and always out there networking. Um, it's not something that I do a ton of, um, but we do a lot of social media and content and that I feel like is a way to complement our personality and reach, still reach a lot of people, if not more. Um, the client is always first. So, um, in my mind, I never look at my clients as a commission check. Um, I definitely look at what can I do for this person? I want to work really hard for them. I want them to be happy with what they get. And if I can do that and build a relationship, help them in any way that I know how to grow their portfolio, to increase their cash flow, to get the best loan, then, um, the money is sort of a side effect of that. So that is always my first priority. Um, so a lot of times we go above and beyond, you know, I do things that I don't necessarily get paid for whether people agree or not. I just really like helping people. So I think it's important in whatever you do that you really like what you do. And that is probably the, my favorite part about my job is just being able to help people. Um, being creative. So I think just not following the rules, like this is one of the things. And if, if you have a job where you get a paycheck I definitely don't mean anything offensive by this, but in my opinion, I think being creative for me, thinking outside the box, not going by a guide or training or a handbook um, for me has been what also helps me to be successful. Um, we're very creative about financing, so if we can't get to your goal, I try to back into it and see how can we get you there go through steps that you can take to get there. Sometimes it's easy stuff. Sometimes you can do it pretty quickly. Sometimes it's something you never thought of. Some, you know, there's a lot of different ways. And a lot of times when I'm trying to help you, it's because um, I'm, I need to increase your cash flow. So it's not such a bad thing for me to help you increase your cash flow while also going out and getting you the best loans. So um, being creative is super important. Um, and then seizing opportunities. Um, you know, there's a lot of people, I, I feel like it's been a good thing and a bad thing for me at the same time. So on the one hand, there has been a time where I was not focused enough on what was giving us the most ROI, but then there are other things that come with taking those opportunities where I feel like has been a huge benefit. So for example, having the management company, it was so much work and it took a lot of my time away from doing loans. Mitch was pretty much on his own for at least a few years doing loans for us. Um, and I was completely inundated with the management business, but through the management business, I got a lot of opportunities. So I had opportunities to buy properties. I built more relationships that brought in more loans. Um, I sold the management company um, for a profit. So there are a lot of things. Um, and I learned, I built a lot of vendors for our own apartment buildings that 
um, we have today that give us like a really good deal uh, compared to, you know, if you just called someone out of the phone book or, you know, off Yelp or whatever. Um, so there were a ton of benefits that came from owning the management business. And, and so seizing opportunities, I think, is really important. Um, just not being, not having tunnel vision and to see an opportunity when it's there and to really take advantage of it. So um, being a working mom is like one of those things that comes up now too. How do you do it? Um, there's, there's nothing sexy about it. Like, honestly, I have a lot of help. So, um, and it still feels hard. So I, um, work five days a week. I pretty much come into the office around eight thirty or nine and I am home by five or five thirty um, with the kids and, we have a nanny five days a week. I have someone who helps us on Saturdays. So that way we can have one of the babies with us or, you know, go run and do errands and things like that um, and have some help. So uh, honestly, it's one of those things that I feel like I'm never doing enough. I'm never caught up enough. Um, I think that's a common feeling for working moms and even stay at home moms. I feel like it's really hard to juggle it all with kids. There's just so many needs and so many things to do. Um, so the answer to being a working mom is to hire a ton of help, um, especially with COVID. Um, we didn't have family like we used to. Our family's now starting to help a little bit more, but I, there's, like I said, no like magic thing. I am also very aware of the fact that I don't want to run myself into the ground by trying to do it all. So I definitely have to surrender certain things, um, and I do. So I think that's probably one of the biggest areas for us as far as spending goes is help, help. And I am more than happy to pay for help. <laughs> so um, Kenny's also super helpful, so that's the other thing. Like, he's crazy. So, I mean, he was in, I was just laughing with everybody here in the office. Um, he's on his trip right now, and in order to be to stay on top of things before he went on his trip. He came in the office at 3.15 yesterday morning, which is nuts. Um, you'll never see me doing that, but, like, he'll get up at 3.15, he'll feed the baby, then he'll go for a run and then come back. Like, he just fits all the things in. Um, at night, he's super helpful. On the weekends, um, just as busy as he is, he's just, like, you know, super helpful. So I'm really thankful for that. Um and as far as investing goes, why I started investing, that's another kind of question. How did you get started? Why did you get started? Uh, it's super simple. Um, I was doing loans for people that just owned properties, and it seemed like they weren't working. It seemed like they were having fun, having meetings, going to lunches, going you know by Home Depot, grabbing some things, dropping them off to their people who were doing all the work at the properties. It just seemed like fun. I was like, I want this life. I don't want to be stuck in an office and, you know, not doing anything, um, not being able to do things or being limited. Um, the other thing that I started to notice as I started to learn, this was definitely not something I learned up front because I didn't even know how to look for this, but these people don't pay taxes. Like if you own investment properties, chances are you're paying very little to no tax. Um, that's like the big thing, you know, with Trump not paying taxes, not to get political at all or anything, but I do laugh when people, you know, post these things about him not paying taxes. Well, yeah, I mean, he owns real estate, he provides housing, he creates jobs and he may not pay like 
income tax, but he pays a hell of a lot of other tax. Um, so this is the thing that I've learned about, you know, from being in real estate and why I wanted to invest is like, hey, who wants to work hard and be able to legally like know the tax laws enough to not have to pay income tax? Uh, I do, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you're following the law, which basically says if you create housing and you create jobs, you get tax benefits. If you don't create housing or jobs, you pay taxes, you pay more taxes. So that is one of the things that I learned. Um, and our goal is always to own multifamily because I feel like it's the safest thing. It's the safest bet. So, I mean, I still have a vision when I was younger, I had this vision of like being that person that owns apartments and runs around and checks on my properties and checks my financials and tells people what to do. And, you know, that sounds great. So that is why we started investing um, also to generate cash flow. So at some point, there's got to be an end game. Um, if you're in real estate or you're self-employed, if you're a business owner, chances are you don't have a 401k or a retirement. At least you don't have an employer who's matching it um, like a lot of other people do that work for companies or work for large companies. So you have to create this on your own. Um, yes, we do have some retirement, but the primary thing that we're going to rely on when we do retire is cash flow. So, uh, that's our retirement plan. And that's also what we plan to, um, pass down to our kids. Um, so for, if anybody's looking at getting started in real estate, I can tell you like the things I wish I would have done differently looking back now. Um, when I was 19, if I got started and I knew what I know now, what would I have done differently? Um, I think that the obvious thing uh, a lot of us go through when you go from not making money or having money to having money is, um, well, I would probably have saved a lot more money and not spent so much. I was definitely that girl. I um, had a really nice car. I bought a really, you know, I bought my condo and I was, you know, buying everybody shots at the bar. So it was like, you know, tables and things. So we were just enjoying the money um, and enjoying being young. Um, so I would have, I could have invested a lot more. Um, that's definitely one thing. Uh, that being said, I learned a lot um, through all this. So I always take it as a learning experience. I think that's an obvious one. A lot of us uh, don't know how to manage money until we actually get some, lose some, and then you learn. Um, but the second thing I would do is invest in marketing. Um, we, I have never been a person to invest in marketing. So I did not invest in marketing until I've dabbled in it here and there over the years, but we really, really started investing in marketing in 2018, and it has been um, huge for our business. Obviously, social media is just so different these days, but coming up over the years, there was just a lot of different ways to market and advertise. I have always been referral only, and I don't necessarily even say that proudly because I think I could be a lot farther along if I would have started marketing early on, it's great. And I think referrals are always the best type of business to get because it, they're easier, right? I mean, people are more inclined to work with you when they have a friend or family member or someone who said, Hey, Crystal was great to work with. I totally recommend going to her. She saved me from this thing that I was, you know, I was in trouble and she got me this, you know, that's always the best way to get a referral. But, um, there's also other business out there that I could have captured if I would have started marketing earlier. Um, I was always scared to spend money on marketing. I generally, in general, I have fear of spending money, but, uh, marketing is like the big thing. So, um, that is a big thing I definitely would have done from the beginning. And the other thing is getting a mentor. Um, 
I had somewhat of a mentor uh, in real estate, but instead of going out and doing the things that I did and spending time watching movies and doing like a lot of things. I mean, the one thing I realized after having kids is how much free time I really had up until I had kids. Um, so I realized that I could have had a lot more valuable use of my time. Um, I worked really hard and did a lot of things, but there was just early on, especially I would say within the last five years, we spend a lot of time working on ourselves whenever we can. Um, but before that it was like, you know, when you have free time, watch a movie, go out with friends, go out for drinks, go out for dinners. Um, a lot of that. Uh, and now it's more like, I'm just trying to squeeze in whatever education I can get, whether it's in the shower or getting ready in the morning or cooking or at night when the kids go to bed. So, um, and it's stuff that makes me feel good because I'm making myself better. Um, so it's definitely a huge confidence builder, but uh, if I was younger, I would have definitely gotten a mentor and a mentor can be someone that you don't even, that doesn't even know you or talk to you. It can be a podcast that you listen to. It can be a book that you read. It can be a course that you take an online course. Um, so I would definitely do a lot more of that, um, because it's just super good for getting you in the mindset to achieve your goals and like have a vision for what you want in your life. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's how uh, it is for me being a woman in a male-dominated industry. It's so fabulous. <laughs> Anyways, if you guys have questions um, or want some direction on getting into real estate or any of that, you can always reach out to me. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.